You are listening to messages from Victory Outreach in the city of Whittier. We pray that you are inspired, challenged, and provoked to become all that God has called you to be. For daily insight, please log into victoryoutreachwhittier.org. But today's topic, we're going to talk about being a giver today. So much you hear about giving. You hear about uh, uh, how your dollar is sown into the kingdom of God. You hear about tithing. You hear about uh, uh, love offerings. You hear about pledges. But it's, the topic today is about the cheerful giver. I'd like to suggest that in understanding the real purpose of being a giver is asking you and I the question, do I still find joy in my giving? Is it still a joy to sow seed in the hands of God? You might say that you meet all the qualifications this morning of a giver. You're a tither. You sow a seed. You're a blessing to others. And you might be still a good steward, a faithful steward of God's property. But even so, we can still ask ourselves this morning, do we still find joy in our giving? Pastor James mentioned today, this morning in collecting of the tithes, that we have begun this past week the 90-day tithing challenge. See, because we can be challenged in a lot of things in the next 90 days, but it's the 90-day tithing challenge right there on your seats this morning before you came in and before the offerings were collected. You had the offering envelope that highlighted the 90-day tithing challenge, but you also had something as in the shape of a blue card. We'll call it the blue card this morning. And if you have your blue card, I'd like you to grab it real quick. We're going to do something very special before we get into the message this morning. But if you have your 90-day challenge card, if you don't have one, lift your hands up. If you need a pen, by the way, to fill out the backside of the card, lift your hand. There's ushers here that will be more than happy to distribute. There's a few hands over here if the ushers could be ready to distribute a pen and also a card if you don't have it. Very important, it says the 90-day tithing challenge. God loves a cheerful giver. The very scripture we're dealing with today is found in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. But on the back here, we, we started this challenge, but we realized a lot of cards came in empty. I said, wow, we were just challenged to fill the back of the card up, but then we realized maybe you didn't have the opportunity to have a pen. So this morning, we have the opportunity to provide you with the means to fill it out. And I filled mine out because you're believing in the tithing challenge to be faithful in your commitment of giving. To increase, if you're a tither today, to go to the next level of giving. 10%, 15 there's a number bracket, but it says other as well. Whether you go up 1%, 2%, but challenge yourself. But it's also here that the challenge is on the card it says, I am believing God for. And I put mine on there. I said, there's a lot of things I'm believing God for. But as our pastor mentioned, these are, we're going to tack on to the, the cross in the coming weeks. That we're going to believe together as a church that somewhere in this 90-day period, come on, you got to believe with me, somewhere in this 90-day period, there's going to be a higher level of your increase, not only in your giving, but how many know that there's some breakthroughs that are going to take place? I don't know about you, but I got a lot of on this card here. I got my children on this card. I'm believing in financial breakthroughs in this card. I'm believing that uh, a, a renewed hunger for the things of God and, 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 and good health as well. But to get out of debt, some of us bury ourselves. But take the time during the service to fill this out because at the end, we're going to collect them at the end. And on the bottom, it says, put your name. See, this is where you make the commitment to God. You're not making it to the man or to, the, to us, the church in Pacific. You're making it to the Lord. 
Hold yourself accountable this morning by filling out the card. And the quickest way, we had a whole level in our leadership meeting on, on social media. Well, this is the old-fashioned one. It says email. So you can put your email address on there so it's that much easier to contact you. But take the time during it. If you need to pin, lift your hands. The ushers will be more than happy to, to give you one to fill out. But you can meet all the qualifications today, but you can still ask yourself the question this morning, do I still find joy in my giving Noah Webster's defines the word give as to offer as a present or to hand over or to put into someone else's hands. Everything that I have learned about giving reflects back to God. I didn't know anything about tithing when I came into the church. I sure didn't know about love offerings. I didn't know much about pledging, but boy, I know a whole lot about pledging today. But I learned one thing important about through it all is that I learned the more that I gave, the more that I was blessed. The more that I gave, the more God blessed our lives. Never did I realize that we had seven children that had to make it through high school. And the more I gave, I had to see the blessing come to pass in their life that they would graduate from high school. But not only that, to take them to the next level of college. And we got college graduates in the family. So I had to learn in my, in my life that the more I gave, the more my God would bless me. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 35, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. The biggest mistake that we can make in failing to recognize that today we live by a higher standard in the area of our giving today. God set the ultimate standard when he gave his son to die on that cross for you and I. That he would give his very best, his best. That's why we must be open to the question this morning. Do we still find joy in our giving? I believe that when there's joy in giving, that there's blessing. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 14 says that we will be blessed more than any other people. When there's joy in giving, there is blessing. See, we have to take God's word as full and promises as yea and amen for our lives. I believe that God wants to richly bless your life today. But in turn, if you find joy in what you do for God and sowing the seed into his hand, not only the financial seed, we're talking about the seeds of your life. We're talking about your life, your, your time, your talent, your finances, sowing into the kingdom of God. But two scriptures that we're going to look at today is found in the first one we're going to cover is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 8. You'll probably see it on the screens. They're going to flash it up there. If you don't have your Bibles with you, if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn to it. The Bible says this, that remember this, that whoever sows sparingly, and many of us know this by heart, we practically, we should be inscribed upon our, the, the tablets of our heart. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should decide, should, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, the Bible says, for God loves a cheerful giver. It says in verse 8, and God is able. Somebody say able here today. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God, I love that passage. That passage can be applied in everything within your life. But if we turn to Ezekiel chapter 34, in verse 26 and 27, the Bible reads, I will bless them. 
and the places surrounding my hill. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessing. The trees of the field will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops and the people will be secure in the land. This passage gives us the hope to the person who has been held in captivity or has had the enemy stolen what they once had within their life. But how many know that God is able to turn things around within your life? We have a God that, that, that restores a life back to the norm, that it would bring him glory. We have a God that you and I serve today that can take you, that you may have lost everything, but beloved, today is the day where you go back in to the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen from you. Maybe he's stolen your, your finances. Maybe he's stolen your dignity. But today you get to go back into the enemy's camp and take back what he's taken from you. One of the greatest gifts that you and I have as a Christian is the gift to give. The gift to give. And we've heard it many times. We've heard it preached by our pastors. We preach, some of the ministers have preached it. I have preached it. That in the context of sowing and reaping, a person can either eat the seed or sow the seed. We've heard it many times where, where you can be a giver or you can be, gonna, be a taker. But God wants to see us in this text that we read. That there are givers and that there's receivers, but both bring glory to God. Romans 8, 12, and 13 reads like this. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, it says we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh. See, that's the good news. It's not to the flesh. Thank God if we could do Back in the day, we were, oh, thank you, Jesus. We we're blessing God for things that we we're sowing in the flesh. But it says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die, the Bible says. But if, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Beloved, we have an obligation today as Christians to be givers. An obligation to honor God with what he's, which he's blessed us with. Giving then in this passage becomes an issue of the heart, not the flesh. Because inside the heart, we must carry the motive to please God. See, pleasing God is acknowledging God in all his ways and not our own. Pleasing God joyfully and cheerfully leads to having the right attitude of being a giver. You ever meet anybody with the wrong attitude when it came time to give? Not in this house. Or should I say, have you ever put your attitude in check when it concerned giving? See, I love that because everybody has a cell phone today. And a lot of us, sometimes our cell phones dial somebody by accident. I get calls all the time. Pastor Chris, stop calling me. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Put your phone in your back pocket. Sit down. <laughs> Pastor George Doreen. Oh, they just heard that conversation you just had. But imagine if your cell phone could record the conversation that you have when you leave church today. Man, we're talking about giving, the cheerful giver. We're talking about construction and plans, and we're talking about finances, and we're talking about giving of yourself. And we're, imagine if your cell phone could record your conversation with your spouse on the way home. Woo, hallelujah. Imagine that. I'll go a little deeper. What happens if you forgot your phone, but you made it home, and the walls in your living room could hear that conversation 
of the sermon that was preached about giving. See, everybody has attitude. Attitude that everyone has can be both positive or negative. You can have a negative attitude or a positive one. Have an attitude. What if you just whack the person next to you? Just whew. What if you just, yeah, that's why some guys sit with the space between them. They know. Somebody go hallelujah and they might go a little bit too far. <laughs> Praise God. Huh? Purposely. Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you receive a thank you for the whack? Or would you take a look at that and say, sister, what's, what's wrong with you? See, if we sow in the flesh, the flesh may say, just wait till that sister goes to the restroom. Wait until that brother goes out in that alley. See, because you don't respond like that with 300, 400 people looking at you. You Holy Ghost, you saved. But everyone has attitude. Attitudes can change an individual in the area of giving. The attitudes of hurt and pain and failure or hardships all affect attitude. I love the book of Psalms where it writes in chapter 30, verse 4 and 5. It says, sing to the Lord, you saints of his. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but the Bible says rejoicing comes in the morning. There's always going to be a time in your life where there's going to be some hurt or some pain or circumstances or opposition that comes within your life. But if you carry the passage found in the book of Psalms, chapter 30, it says, when you find yourself down and out, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord and lift up his name and praise him. For in the midst of that, yeah, he, you may have failed God, but God loves you too much to leave you in that failure. God wants to use you in the area of giving this morning. Don't allow hardship or the attitude of that to take away the joy of giving. This morning, I'd like to discuss the areas beyond the norm of our understanding on giving. These areas are so familiar to many of us, but each can affect the attitude of our giving. The attitudes of your time, as mentioned before, your talent, your treasure. These areas play a significant role in a person's being a joyful and cheerful giver today. Being a cheerful giver doesn't happen overnight. You weren't born with a tithing envelope in your hand. When you were born, that little t-shirt that they put on your body was pink or blue, but it didn't have inscribed across the front, giver, I was born to give. Attitude doesn't happen. Being a cheerful giver doesn't happen overnight. But something has to take place with inside of a person for this to become an everyday attitude. The everyday attitude to be a joy in giving. Attitude that becomes an act of worship. The things that take place that must take place in a person's life to become a giver is to learn to have some balance within your life. Today, too many people or Christians today are out of tune. They're out of balance. We talk construction. That gets us excited. Our pastor comes up with a 90-day tithing challenge. That should, that should be like some spark within our, within our depths of our soul. But sometimes we can be out of balance in such a way it tips the scale within our life and we don't feel excited anymore. We don't feel joyful anymore. We don't feel cheerful anymore. 
But we got to be balanced today. We got to balance our minds. We got to balance our physical realm. We got to balance our spiritual realm. The mind has to be in line with the heart. The Bible says in Romans 12, 2, that we no longer conform to the patterns of this world, but we've been transformed by the renewing of our minds. It says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. It says, his good and pleasing will. The heart has to transform, was transformed first when you ask Christ into your life. And now it becomes your responsibility to shake off the old way of thinking and begin to get mentally tough. We need some mentally tough givers today. They're not going to be shaken and moved, but stay on course to be a blessing for God by the renewing of our minds. We cannot reach another level in our giving if our mind gets stuck. Being stuck can cause a person to shut down every time the word give is spoken. Or every time the opportunity to be challenged to give is presented to you, the mind can go into stuck mode. I used to like the playing records back in the day. Old 45s and 30s. Some of you OGs been around a little bit. Let me bring it up to this year. Some of your CDs or flash drives. Sometimes they get in stuck mode. Back in the day before you were saved, you might be playing that old angel baby song. And all of a sudden, you're playing Angel Baby, and every, every time it come up to Baby, it would just go, Baby, Baby, Baby. Pretty soon, you add a little beat to it, and you're going, Baby, Baby, Baby. Because you were stuck. Your track was stuck. What about your favorite worship CD, and you were playing your worship, and you had a prayer uh, meeting going on, and you know only you knew where it was scratched or where it was stuck. Only you knew you had your favorite CD. You didn't bother to make a duplicate, but you had your favorite CD. And you knew while everybody was in the midst of prayer, you knew that that stuck area was going to come up. You would make your way over to that CD player, and you would change the track. Because only you knew that it was going to get stuck on, on a particular area within that track. Sometimes our minds are like that. Sometimes we can be stuck when we hear about giving. Sometimes our minds go into stuck drive when we hear about giving of your life. Sometimes our minds are stuck and only you know the area that triggers the, the, the mind to get stuck. God doesn't want you to live in a capacity of being stuck where you're at. God wants you to take it to a higher level by the renewing of your mind. When you feel that you're getting stuck, it's time to press in even further to God, even closer to God. That's why we must renew our minds daily so the old mentality doesn't creep back and poison the good that comes from being a giver. Poison. Luke 6, 38 says very familiar. It says give. But then you see the little comma. Sometimes we read the passage and we see the give, but the comma stick, gets us stuck. Sometimes we fail to read the meaning part of the passage. It says, give, and it will be given unto you. It talks about a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, will be running over and poured into your lap. For by the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. Don't get stuck in your life when it comes to being a giver. Don't allow your mind to be stuck when it comes time to give of your time, of your talent. When you think of a mentally tough giver, you should see the characteristics of a person of strength. Looking at giving as an opportunity and not of one as weakness. The characteristic of resilience. Maybe your blessing didn't come on the first time you gave. 
Maybe it didn't come on number 10. Maybe the blessing didn't come for the first year. Maybe that blessing and you're still sowing seed faithfully didn't come in the fifth or sixth or tenth year. But God tells you to be resilient because how many know that that blessing is coming from God and it's in the timing of the Lord. Sometimes we're not ready to, to handle the blessings of God. But God called us to be resilient, also called us to be a person of endurance. Giving is an ongoing a lifestyle for our lives. A person of stamina, built to remain. Giving draws you to the center of God's perfect will for your life. And a person of longevity. I recently heard a week ago, one of our ministers came from up north. And he was, he was huffing and puffing a little bit. And he began to put it in a boxing, man. And that get us guys. We get fired up. And we see boxing and all that ultimate fighting. And, man, it fires up the guys. We get mighty men of valor coming up. Guys. You know, we just, that's our boxing ring. That's mighty men of valor, man. When you get in that sanctuary, man, you start hearing the preacher's ministry. You start hearing the instructions of God. It's like you there. You getting down. But he began to huff and puff. And he said, man, I don't know about you. I could be huffing and puffing, but I'm down for the 12 rounds. When he said 12 rounds. Something triggered in my mind because growing up as, as, a, as a young man, amen, 12 rounds wasn't much. Back then in the day, I remember Ali and Frazier, guys of boxing would go 15 rounds, beloved. But it, 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 it's not the first or the second round. Beloved, it's when you finish strong at the end, amen. You may be getting taken a few licks and a few punches in the area of giving, but how many know that you're called to remain strong? Longevity, baby. It's until the hubcaps fall. It's until you home, to go home to be with the Lord. It's until God takes you to another mission. But you're in there for the full count. You're not counted out. You're counted in. Not counted out. Counted in. Balance the mind with the heart. So when the time comes, you can be counted on and not, so that you will not fail. Pastor James mentioned again this morning about, about the pledge that some of the leaders received a, a few days ago. The construction pledge. You're counted on finishing strong finishing strong we cannot accomplish the the building the building of God's kingdom here at Victory Outreach or around the world if we fail to give our church has launched out seven local churches and two international churches because of the strength of our givers Ventura, Noho, Van Nuys, South Central, Long Beach which will be at the house tonight, Alicante, Victoria, the Whittier, also Covina because there's some seed from Covina here and also Tijuana, Mexico, English, and also Amsterdam, Holland. Beloved, because of the strength of our giving, we're able to do the things of God. We're expanding and stretching out on this property to even reach more people in the coming weeks. But it's being done with those that have a heart to give. And for some here today, for those to give again. I lost count of how many times, how many offerings were given to God. Or how many love offerings were collected? How many pledges or love offerings we stood up for? But all I know is me and my wife, when we stand up, we're called to be counted on. God's counting on you to finish strong in the area of your giving. But to give again reminds me of a movie that came out in 1993 called Schindler's List. I used this back a few number of years back, but the attitude of Oscar Schindler played in the movie by Liam Neeson, had towards saving people from certain death during World War II was one of urgency. He used all his resources to make a difference in the lives of people because he had in his mind first 
to make money, to get rich by selling munitions. But something in the mind triggered the heart. The heart responded to save one more person. The attitude of one more that he carried saved 1,100 Jewish people from death. How much more can we, through our giving, carry the attitude of just one more can be saved? One more saved from the pits of hell. One more marriage resurrected. One more child delivered from drugs and alcohol. One more person set free from heroin or meth addiction. We cannot allow ourselves to fail, beloved. Stop think, stop, don't stop tithing, but be challenged to be faithful stewards of God's property. It belongs to him. You're being tested in the way you give it back. The second point of why some Christians are out of balance is because sometimes physically get out of balance. We can become physically out of balance when we feel like we're giving too much or we're doing too much. Doing too much at times can sometimes cause us to become imbalanced. Some of the greatest givers don't finish the mission or accomplish the mission because they come, become imbalanced. Some of the greatest givers of their time, talent, and treasures are nowhere around today because they fail balancing out their lives in the physical. Be the best at what God's created you to be. You don't need to be everybody or do everything, but what you can do, it should be your best. To be a giver, give yourself 100% of the time. Colossians 3.23 tells us whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. That's working for the Lord and not for man. I remember coming into the church. I didn't know anything about ushering. I didn't know anything about, about being security. I didn't know nothing about teaching the kids in the classroom. Heck, we weren't even married yet. Praise God, because I know God was going to turn that around within our life. See, in order for me to untie the hands of God, we had to make things right with God. Maybe today you would need to make things right with God in the area of your giving. Maybe there's been some unfaithful times in your giving, or, or maybe you've given to another area instead of giving to the Lord. But I want to encourage you, God wants to turn it around. No matter what was entrusted to us, we had to give 100% of our, of our being, no matter if anybody was around or not. We gave ourselves to the Lord. But whatever God has entrusted you with, give of yourself 100%. Our church is positioning itself for the future now, setting up teams, more life groups, more support groups, setting up new ministries, the assimilation ministry to reach the newcomers, the aggressive growth classes that are coming up, even rise up in the MTC, all for a purpose. But give of yourself 100%. Are you ready to do something for God in the coming weeks, if not today? If you're not involved in the church, you may need to check the balance to see where it is. A balanced giver will not self-destruct, but come into agreement or alignment of the change taking place within their life. Recently, I had the privilege to teach at one of our life groups. And I shared with them the importance of getting everybody involved within their life group because it allows others to give of themselves. I told them that, if, that they should never lose the love for those that God has entrusted them with or never lose the love of what they're doing for God because in doing so, love produces love. You have to reproduce people that are 
cheerful if you're not around. If you're home, and like I said, that cell phone illustration or that conversation that you have can become negative and pull somebody down that wants to be a giver to the kingdom of God. How many know that we got to be those that pick up and not pull down? When you think of the physical balance as a person that's dedicated, a person that's committed, a person that's loyal, a person of honor, and a person of value. Staying spiritually balanced promotes many things in the life of the giver. The highest is the relationship that you have with God. In all of this, there has to be a relationship with God. In being, in this morning, I ask you that question in the very beginning. Do you, do you still find joy in your giving? Well, if you sever the relationship with God or you get too busy or unbalanced within your life, there's not going to be a relationship with God. The mind shuts down. The, the heart closes up. Because there's got to be a level of joy in your life. Having a solid relationship with God brings back the giver to the reality that everything belongs to God. Pastor Joel shared a passage found in Psalms 24.1 recently where the we recognize that everything in the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all who live in it. We need to learn to let go and let God. How do you become solid? It's when you become rooted and God is your anchor. When you become rooted in Christ and God becomes your anchor. A relationship with God keeps the spirit of God in you alive. A man without that spirit in him reacts differently when challenged. That's why so many become irritated today when they hear the word give. But it should be a joy within a person's life that they're doing something for the kingdom of God. That they're being a blessing to the Lord. Build upon your relationship with God. Be a sound giver today. Your testimony began on day one. How's it today? Your testimony. I still remember when Christ came into my life some 53 years ago. But how's your testimony today? Are you still joyful in the things of God? Are you, are you still allowing God to use you for the fullness of his glory? You may not know what to do, but God will instruct you. The spirit of God is alive within you. See, I had to learn that I need to pick up the pieces within my life and allow God to rebuild my relationship with him each and every day. Even 22 years now, every day has to be a God-building opportunity for my life. There has to be part of you that's willing to sacrifice, willing to make every day count for God. When you think of that balance, spiritual balance giver, you should see a person that's steadfast. You're not going nowhere. A person who's anointed, that's spirit-filled, God-led, God-driven. A person of discernment knows that he or she has heard from God. And I ask you this morning, have you heard from the Lord? Have you inquired of God recently within your life? I believe one of the worship singers this morning mentioned, I don't know what you've been going through this week. Well, I know who does. God knows what you've gone through this week. God wants to see you through it. We believe here that you've got to be a person of discernment when you recognize when the things of the world come against you. You've got to make a stand within your life because God's called you to be steadfast. You've got to make a stand within your family. You've got to make a stand within your marriage. You've got to make a stand of who you are in Christ today. You've got to be a person of discernment. You can't be blown with every wind of opportunity. That isn't of God. When you think of a spiritually balanced giver, you should be a person of courage. 
You got to get back in the fight even at your worst moment. A person of conviction. Lacking conviction will stop your giving. We have to stay spiritual or we can lose the basics of conviction that make you that cheerful giver committed to God. The heart can only remain sensitive to the things of God when the relationship of God is solid. Sometimes we've got to look at our walk with God and see if we're still solid individuals or do we've got to throw off some compromise. Even the best of the best, sometimes we can have a tendency to compromise something within our life. Don't compromise your integrity with God. If anything, don't compromise the integrity of being a giver today. Don't allow compromise to rob you of the blessings that are due you. Maybe we haven't been the person open for change that God wants to bring into your life, but he desires to use you today to bring him glory. So the worship team can make their way up, please. If conviction of God hasn't stirred you into action today, let him refresh you so that you may be encouraged to do even more for him. We have to be solid today. We have to be sold out. We have to be givers today like never before. You know, I remember growing up and everything that we learned about giving was always going in a different direction and never going to the house of God. Even as a teen and a young adult. Today we learn when we have a relationship with God, everything belongs to God. And we know that when we sow into the kingdom of God, we know that our treasure is built in heaven and stored in heaven. You can come out. God's speaking to us today in the area of giving. Your time, your talent, and your treasure, which is your finances. His desire is that you would be a strong, committed giver. Because how can we build the kingdom of God here if we lack in our giving? We learned a principle a long time ago. The principle of tithing. And we've seen our life grow from level to level or year after year. Yeah, it's just hard times within our life. But we had to trust God. Me and my wife, we come to the Lord and we commit our finances to the Lord. Was it easy raising seven kids? I don't know today. People aren't having seven kids anymore. Nobody want to have seven kids anymore. But how many know as we stand all over this place that when you learn to trust God, how many know that he makes a way within your life to make it happen? He makes a way when there's no way. He provides that drink in the middle of a desert when your jars are empty. He provides a way with the little that you have to make much. See, God wants to use your life, but you got to be part of what God desires to do this morning. Earlier, I asked you to fill out the blue card, the 90-day tithing challenge. This card we're going to bring with us to the altar. We're going to place it into the basket that will be 
presented up here, if the ushers can maybe place a couple baskets up here, one on each corner, and just place them on the altar. I don't know what you're believing for or what breakthrough that you're seeking. But they have to be significant or valued to you. You have to trust God. You have to learn to trust God. We may want the increase, but we have to learn to trust God. That he would provide that favor within your life. That you would become that blessing to someone else in need. That you would become that individual that sow a seed into the kingdom of God that helped build here at Whittier and around the world. You may not have much, but this card has to be impacting within your life. You're making a declaration, a commitment to the God that says, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to trust you in this, day, this period, Lord. In these next 90 days, God, I'm going to do it. No matter if it hurts, no matter if it's painful, God, no matter, if it, no matter what, God, because I know that you're not going to let me down. See, God loves you too much to let you down. How much do you love the Lord this morning? Were you willing to give of your all? Will you lay your life at the altar and say, Lord, I know finance is one thing, but the life you gave me is highly more valuable. Some of us shouldn't be here today because we, we messed some things up within our life, but how gracious God's been within our life that he's given you a second opportunity to live. How much more can we live today but live for him. To live for our God. It's not, it's not about coming and dressing and looking good and everybody having a great time. You meet some great friends. It's about how that relationship with God becomes valuable to your life. Don't let this be another Sunday that you allow the enemy to win the battle. You're in for 15 rounds. You're in till the end. Don't let the wind blow you off course. Don't let your mind become polluted and contaminated or poisoned by the things of the world. The little that we have can become much in the hand of God. You're here today. You filled out your cards. If you're in need of building that strong relationship to the Lord, with the Lord, or somewhere down the line you feel challenged within your heart to step out, Gotta trust the Lord with your life and watch Him do something in you that you've never dreamed of, that you've never anticipated, that you've never witnessed before. Even being saved now, serving the Lord here in this church for 22 years, it still breaks me the sensitivity that we carry before the Lord. Because none here can take it for granted to where God has brought us or to where God is taking us to. See, because in the coming weeks, I see a hundred more people, 200 more people, 500 more people, a thousand more people coming to serve and worship God. Let it begin with you today that the commitment stays real within your life. As they sing a worship song, we're going to open the altars. And I want to challenge you. You may not have sewn your card into the offering basket, but I want you to bring your card. Year from all over to bring your card, place it in the offering basket. Year today, and you need to be lifted up in prayer. I want to encourage you to come forward. When we come forward from all over this place, the altar is open. I want to encourage you, leaders. It's time to be strong. It's time to come before the Lord in the area of commitment. 
It's time to lay out there before God. It's time that you get things right with the Lord and surrender your all. Maybe you've struggled within your life of staying committed. God wants to recommit your life to Him today. These altars are open and we're going to ask that you come from all over this place. Praise the Lord. Father, have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name, God. Father, we pray for those that are coming, God. We pray, God, for the challenges that set before them. We pray for the hunger, God. We pray for the openness of their hearts, God, that you would just use them, God. Father, we lift them up now, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we pray, God, that they come to bring you glory. We pray, God, that they would honor you with their life, God. We pray now, God. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we would be givers. Some are called here to give, to give to a greater capacity of your life. Some are called to give in a higher level. God's calling you to the altar today. God's calling you to give and surrender. Oh, that you would just have your way.